Are you ready to live a better life? Do you want to have fulfilling relationships with your partner, children, boss, colleagues? Do you want to learn how to overcome obstacles and challenges that are an inevitable part of our everyday life interactions? You have tuned in to the right podcast. Doris Horenstein, author of Moments of the Heart, is ready to do just that. Hello, everybody. I hope this Monday morning is treating you well. I must tell you that I've woken up at 5 a.m. this morning. I was hoping to get up at 6 o'clock so I can make it to the synagogue to lead prayers. But I woke up at 5 o'clock, and part of it was um, the disturbing hour of CNN yesterday with uh, with Dana Bash. If you didn't see it, I suggest you find it. And it was talking about anti-Semitism and how since October 7th, it has become much more apparent, not only on college campuses, but just the overall feeling of where we are in our society. And so I wanted to create this time for us I'm recording this, so later on you can see it again. And and then just talk to you as a, as a proud Jew and a proud Israeli and a lover of humanity. I I am I am myself disturbed by by what I see, what I see on social media and um some emails that I've received calling me a Nazi. Um, that that's kind of hard, you know, because anybody that knows me know that I'm the opposite of that, and so so it's um it's kind of hard to face that and and to think what can you respond in a way, <clears throat> excuse me, that is that is positive because I always want to go down that route, and so. I was, again, leaning back to my tradition that has universal wisdom. So I'm hoping that if you're listening to this and you're Jewish, or if you're not Jewish, that you can, number one, hear my heart. Not feel my heart, but hear my heart. And uh, and maybe get even educated. I used to say that knowledge is power. You know, I come from the world of education. I always said, knowledge is power. You got to learn. You got to learn more. And over the last few weeks, I've changed that phrase. I say, have insightfulness, discernment from what you learn. Because you can learn a fact. You can learn something. But if you can't discern, then what good is that learning? So this is an invitation that whatever people say, even whatever I say, learn it and discern for yourself what is the moral truth of the situation. I guess that's where I am. <laughs> I have a frog in my throat. I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, Abraham was having just passed last week. We talked about Abraham burying, burying Sarah. And I was thinking about the resilience factor. 
I'm talking about resilience. I have a workshop coming up about resilience. So I'm really into that. And by the way, this whole concept of resilience did not emerge since October 7th. It was before that. Somehow, I felt that I need to talk about resilience. And then this happens. But when I looked at the text last week about Abraham and how we buried Sarah, and it says that Abraham came to to uh, eulogize Sarah and, and to cry. And then it says, the next thing, it says, and Abraham got up from his morning time and now he was going to find a burial place for her. If you compare that to what Noah did beforehand, after the flood, the first thing that he did, he came out from the boat and he got drunk. You know, that was his way of dealing with it. Compare it to Abraham, the first Jewish person, and how he is using that sorrow, that pain, and what he does with it. It's connected very much to one of the things that I will be discussing in the wholeheartedly resilient webinar that I'm doing. And when I say wholeheartedly, I mean that there is four chambers to be a full heart. And I go with each chamber of resilience. And one of them is the chamber of now, is what we are going to do now. Because actions matter. What we say matters. And another thing that Abraham was saying right after that, so he wants to bury her and he goes and he speaks to the people and he says, Ger v'toshav anuchi. I am a foreigner and a resident here. This was my first time that I have paid attention to two words right next to each other with a dash in the text that I've never paid attention before. How can two of them coexist? Ger, a foreigner, v'toshav a resident. You either one or the other, don't you? Aren't you? And I realized that, no, you can simultaneously feel that you are a foreigner even though you are a resident. And I think that's where I am. That's where many of my friends are. How do you feel belonging when a part of you is feeling like you're a foreigner and the other side is feeling, but I'm a resident, I'm even a citizen. How can we have so much anti-Semitism? It's a painful, it's a painful, you know, feeling. And yet, <clears throat> you know, we say, <clears throat> We say that uh, when when all the climate issue came up, right, and a 17-year-old, beautiful 18-year-old came up and, and they said, we need to take care of our earth. We need to make sure that, that you older people are leaving us a land that we can actually sustain ourselves on. I was thinking about that because now it is not 
the job of the 16 and the 17 year old to come up and speak about what kind of world we're living for our next generation. It is the people like me. It's the people who are in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s that need to stand up and say, I don't want to leave a world of hate to my next generation. And that's what's happening right now. The next generation, so many of the colleges, esteem colleges, are coming up with rhetoric that is so hateful to the Jewish people. And it is incumbent upon people who don't only have knowledge, <clears throat> not only have knowledge, but are able to discern and be insightful. God is giving us da'at and ve'melamed le'enosh bina. Bina means insightfulness. So that knowledge is not enough. It's the insightfulness that comes along with it. And that's our role is now. Those who have that moral compass. And that maybe comes with age. We need to stand up and to say, to the younger people, to the people who know and are less insightful or people who don't know. We have to share with them how we think, what we feel. Now, anti-Semitism is nothing new under the sun. It has been there from the time of the Bible. Just this morning, I was leading services. As you some know, I do that every Monday morning. And, and today, Isaac is the story of Isaac, right? There's a, the birth of his children and the twins. And later on, there is how they, Jacob is cheating his father, Isaac, and stealing the firstborn right from Esau. Okay. But then in the middle, there is this something that's happening with Isaac. And I want to read it to you in English. I actually do. I want to read it to you in English. If the minute I open this, here you go. And it is verse 13, I believe, chapter 26, if I believe. And the men, referring to Isaac, and the men became great and he grew const uh, constantly greater until he had grown very great. And he had possessions of sheep and possessions of cattle and much production. And the Philistines envied him. The Philistines, which by the way, a biblical term that then the Romans at about 133 CE named that land Philistines. It's not an Arabic name, just a little bit of education here. Okay. It is a name that the Romans give. It's not an Arabic name because in the Arab language, there is no P. So it couldn't be Palestine, okay? If you ask, you will find out. For those who speak Arabic, they know that, okay? And the Philistines envied him. And what did they do? And all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, 
his father, the Philistines, stopped them up and filled them with earth. And then the king, Avimelech, says, Go away from us, for you have become much stronger than we. Read the Bible. Go away from us, for you have become much stronger than we. So, is there envious something new? No. Is anti-Semitism something new? No. Is the need to get us out of a land is new? No. It's there. And what happens? If you were to take a guess, did Isaac leave that area or did he not? By the way, that area was still within uh, around Israel. He is the only patriarch. Isaac is the only patriarch that did not leave the land of Israel. Abraham went down to Egypt. Jacob goes down to Egypt. Isaac is the only character. It's like the bridge character between the patriarch that never leaves the land of Israel. So I just gave you the answer here. What did he do? Did he leave? Actually, I didn't. Did he leave that area when the king Abimelech says to him, go because, because you are too big for us? And the answer is, yes, he left. Yes, he left. And Isaac went away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And over there, he did more of the digging of the wells. And if you go a few sentences later, guess what happens? On verse 26, And Avimelech went to him, Isaac, from Gerar, and a group of his companion with him. And Isaac said to him, why have you come to me since you hate me and since you sent me away from you? And here's what Avimelech says. We have seen that the Lord was with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us and let us form a covenant with you. So Isaac left and then they asked him to have a peace with him. Now, what do I make that in the past, in the Bible? To here, to what we're all suffering. Jews, non-Jews, people who are insightful, people who have wisdom, people who are curious about what's going on. There will always be hate of the Jews. But just like I always say, we have to have more positive the negative. We have to have more people who speak the moral compass of truth, asking and advocating of love of all human beings, all human beings, treasuring the life of all human beings, but not one section of the population versus another section of the population. And will there be wars? Yes. There is a war right now. And the war right now is not against the Palestinians. The war right now is against the Hamas, who is a terrorist organization, whose charter is to the destruction of not only Israel, but Jews everywhere. And not only Jews everywhere, Western civilization at large. So what are we willing to do with that? 
Be strong. Be united. Speak up. When the younger people speak up about climate change, everybody applauds them. Now, I am having a call to action to you, insightful human that are listening to me right now. You become the voice of morality, of what is right, against anti-Semitism, against the going out in the streets calling for Jews to be murdered from the river to the sea. What does that mean? I do have in my heart a belief that we will get through this and we will come out strong, just like in the Torah portion. We will be vindicated. When will it be? I don't know. Is there sometimes fear that comes up against me? Yes. There is. But we don't let the fear rule us. We don't let other people's negative voices penetrate not only into our psychic, but into our actions moving forward. I know that some people out of fear put the mezuzah back into their house. Mezuzah, by the way, it's that Blessings that we that many Jews put in the outside of their home. Most Jews, I think. I'm not going to let that fear move me to take an action that will make me ashamed or hide who I am and what I stand for. And we, each and every one of us, need to bring our light because I think our light is big and our light can be sometimes overwhelming. But that's what we do. That is who we are. If we don't have hope, what else do we have? So I hope for a better day. I know it will come and may it be speedily in our time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your love.